You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 16 of the Heart and Soul Podcast. What up? (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) Thanks. That was a good one from both of us. Um, Well, we just had an incredible interview with Parker Wilson, um, and we can't wait for y'all to hear all that she has. I know. Also, (laughs) I've been doing this thing where I put my hand on my mouth while I'm talking into a microphone. I just did it again. Chelsea moved my hand. Um, For the second time. Yeah, for the second time today. So, yeah, she just has an incredible story um, of, of, like, redemption and and transformation and just, like, going through hard times and, like, actually feeling all the feels and saying how she actually feels about them instead of letting things in. So, Mm. please listen to her. And she has some really cool um, things to say about infertility as well as God's faithfulness. So, keep listening. Yes. Worth it. Worth so it. So good. I don't even really have many words today. It was, it was so, just that good. yeah, like she could, she, we didn't even need to be here. Like it was yeah. amazing. Basically, she yeah. could have just came on and like grabbed told her story. And told her story yeah. and it would have been amazing. So thank you, Parker. We love you. Um, let's just go on into, should we do the review of the week first? Yeah. The happies and crappies? Yeah. Okay, let me pull this oh, up. You read it. I think I've read it like the last two weeks. Okay. This is a quick one. It is from Taylor711Fan, and the subject is My Church, five stars. She said, Catherine and Chelsea, you two have somehow created my version of church with like the little praise hand, hands, praise emojis. hands emojis, which I love. I wish there was an episode to listen to every day. I love it that much. Thank you for creating a relatable podcast for women who want to dig deeper than just celebrity gossip. Keep on keeping on. Mm, thank you so I much. That. Tay seven one one. That sweet. was so sweet. Um, although I do love me some celebrity gossip, <laughs> don't we all? But but yeah. yeah, that was incredible, and that's what we hope to keep bringing here is just like real talk. It so. does kind of bother me sometimes. That like, like look, I listen to celebrity podcasts too because they're they're interesting and it's cool to like hear them on a different yeah. level, you know. But it also just bothers me that. Because they're celebrities, they have these, like, super successful, great podcasts that are, like, nominated for awards. And I'm like, but they don't – they don't – it's all surface. Yeah. For the most part. Sometimes they dig yeah. a little deep, but it's like, well – Yeah, they just have this, like, platform that they can use. Right, right. Which, which is, is great. Which is awesome. But, So, yeah. basically, our next goal is to become famous. Basically. Celebrities. Except not, because – I mean, maybe yours is. <laughs> I always tell you, I'm like, oh, I don't really like that that idea, but... I kind of like it. I well, not the <laughs> idea of being famous, just to be famous. I mean, I want our message to be on every... Yeah. Like, on a high level, but I don't I don't want to have... Well, well, you know this. One of my goals is to be a reality TV star. Right. So, I'm not ashamed to admit that, y'all. We all have aspirations, and they're all different and beautiful in their own way, so... Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Happies and crappies of the week. It's time. You go first. Dang it. I was hoping you wouldn't say that. <laughs> I need to think. I know my crappy firsthand today, but I don't know what my happy is. So you start talking and um, hopefully I'll think of it. Okay. Um, my happy is um, coming up. So um, one of my best friends, Liz, who actually was like in the beginning of helping me start Soul in Wilmington, she moved to Greenville, North Carolina. And she was a bridesmaid at my wedding. She's just, like, she's one of those people who, like, is just 
so fun, like so fun and easy to connect with. She is coming in town this weekend and staying with me from Thursday to Saturday. So I'm like just so pumped to have time with her because we really haven't seen each other since the summer, last summer, which is like crazy because she only lives two hours away. But um, I I have a premeditated happy and I think it's just going to be a really good couple days with her. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so pumped. Uh, My crappy... Huh. Why don't you share your crappy while I think about mine? <laughs> okay. I kind of thought of my happy, too. Um, well, if you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw my post yesterday about how I was just having an off week. And it's mm-hmm. just one of those times where, especially as an entrepreneur, you have weeks or days or hours of your day that feel like you're on top of the world and you're doing all the things you want to be doing and you're just so excited about life and you're pumped and then there's days where you're just like what am I doing what the heck am I doing I'm the worst I don't believe in myself why would anyone ever trust me like Mm -hmm. and I don't really know exactly what got me to that spot this past week it's just kind of like a series of things that happen and just I feel like every time things end up really really good like last week I was on a on a high after my workshop and and getting a lot of new clients and a lot of inquiries and just things happening for the good it's always kind of followed by doubt and I and I feel like a lot of that is like the enemy being like well no you're you're a little too happy right now so yeah you think you've got it going on but let me tell you exactly and I'm gonna get you in all the places that are your weakest so I was just feeling very down on myself about my work, about um, my skills as a, an instructor. Um, my body image has mm-hmm. felt really terrible lately, and I don't really know why. Um, so, yeah, it was just not a great day, and I wanted to share it, not to be like, oh, I'm having a bad day, like I want some support. It was like everyone – paints this picture on social media like we have these great cool Mm -hmm. lives and we're just living it up every day and get to do what we want and be our own bosses and like we're making so much money and like that's uh, totally not true by the way yeah but yeah like we do love what we do and it's awesome and fun and and exactly where we want to be but it's there's struggles that come with it and um I just want to be really real with our audience that like sometimes it sucks and you just don't have the confidence yeah. that you always have. So I well, let me just commend you on sharing that on social media because I usually like TBH will like skip through videos, but when they're real, yeah, like I will listen. I think yeah. that's what this like world is just craving is just that authenticity. And that right. was so vulnerable of you. And I um, give you all the clapping emojis for <laughs> being that real and raw with thank with, you. The public. Thank you. You know? Yeah. It's not really hard for me to do. I'm just, like, telling it like it is. Yeah. You know? So I don't feel like I even deserve, like, oh, good for you. But, you know yeah, what I mean? But it could, but it, it but could encourage, it. It could encourage, it could encourage someone, someone to yes. be able to share or to feel comfortable sharing what they're dealing with. Right. Um, and it was insane because uh, I know this, this sounds kind of bad, but, like, it's almost like people want to see that side of you because it's more relatable yeah. than, than some of the successes. And for example, when I posted that story and people actually listened to it, I had like 20, maybe 30 DMs yesterday from people saying, either encouraging me, supporting me, telling me that they 
feel like they're in the same boat or mm. having a similar week or whatever it is. And I was like, wow, this is crazy that on my worst day, I get the most interaction I've ever gotten in like a single, you know, how 24 hour time period of my story being posted than I ever have before. Right. So, it's Cause it's relatable. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then, um, just side note, my chin is super bruised <laughs> today <laughs> because I was at Emily, Emily Popson's house yesterday for her pop of health shoot, which the non-tox box is launching next week. And it's going to be dope. So, so cool. It's going to be D-O-P-E. Again, we will reference episode 11. If you haven't listened to that yet, you'll know what we're talking about. But anyway. Side note, it amazes me that you remember every single, which, who was on each episode. Like, you're really good about being like, oh, episode six, we talked about self-love. I'm like, eh, God, I don't even know what Well, because I usually write the notes for it, and, and you oh, make me right. do the episode details, so. Right, right, right. right. Um, <laughs> anyway, <awkward>. so. <laughs> it's not awkward. I swear I do some things, y'all. <laughs> well, she types in all the details, and then she makes me write the description. Yeah, she's better at it, y'all. It's fine. Anyway, I was at Emily's house yesterday, and we were doing, like, a tablescape shoot of all the things that are going to be in this box and I, I really don't even know what happened I was standing on the chair to get like a overhead shot of it and um the next thing I knew <laughs> it's one of those things where you look back and you're like what just happened yeah. like you like know it, you know yeah like you know in midair that like something's about to happen and you're like oh dang I'm about to face plant but I, I thought everything was fine yeah <laughs> until I actually hit my chin so anyway, I just hear Emily go. She's like, no, like as I'm falling. <laughs> so everything's and I slow fall up. off the chair. Everything feels like it's happening in like a five minute time period. And I kind of like tried to catch myself on the table, but it was like my camera hit the table and then my chin hit my camera. So uh. my chin just like slammed into my camera, which slammed into the table, which chin's fine. Camera's fine. Table is fine. Okay, good. My chin is just a little bruised today, and it hurts. Your chin is not fine. It's bruised. Yeah, well, it could have been worse. She yeah. was like, oh my gosh, I thought we were going to have to go to the emergency room. And I'm just, I had like tears rolling down my face because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. It didn't really hurt, but like, I was also cracking That's up pretty hilarious. Absolutely something I could, I would do. Um, and then I would say our, my happy was our, our fun little impromptu girls day. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? We... On Saturday, we were supposed to go shoot some content for, like, the podcast and for our Instagrams, and we got downtown Wilmington, and it was so windy. Like, not even. That we were like, yeah, this is not, this is just not going to happen. Let's just go shopping. Yeah. And so we We shopped for, like, like, two plus hours. Yeah. We just went to, like, every boutique downtown, stocked up on some cute stuff. We bought dresses that we wore to the wedding that we went to that night. We got some clean juice. It that was, was such a good day. Yeah. And the just, wedding. Like, it was all just a really fun day. It was a really fun day. I, that was my happy. I did not forget about that. That's one of my happies, too. Um, So, my crappy kind of has to do with um, similar to what you talked about, about, like, just having a tough week. Yeah. But, um, so, on sen- on Easter Sunday every year, Macy Cole from Axis Yoga leads oh an gosh. Easter flow. And it, it just, like... Is always one of it rocks you to your like literal core. She just like she just like shares so much truth the entire hour, as well as there's something about when you're moving your body and your mind and your spirit at the Mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. You just feel like so emotionally connected slash drained. You know what I mean? But in like a good way. And so that just like really hit me hard. I was like 
I'm sure you saw this, Chelsea, but I was like weeping a lot. I was crying. Yeah, I was just like, um, while I was laying there on the mat, and Macy was like speaking all this like truth about um, our worth and um, like leaving those lies behind, and I realized that I had, I so I had something happen at the end of last year that I've been holding a lot of shame for, and I basically like um, had to cut ties with a best friend against my will. And that was just so hard for me because, um, I really cherish friendships. I mean, girlfriends are just like few and far between to find that connection with someone. And I think I've been holding on to a lot of like guilt and shame of like, I'm not good enough. Who would ever think of me as like a good friend? Um, just like a lot of, I didn't, I hadn't forgiven myself since and this happened in July and so it, it it like hit me on Sunday that I had not forgiven myself mm. um and had just been kind of not going through the motions because I feel like I'm living an authentic life still and I really try to practice that but I had just buried that part of my life and it just like all came out on Sunday via tears um where I was like it's okay like I kind of just embraced the fact that, like, that sucked, but I need to forgive myself or I'm never going to, like, live out my true worth as, like, a daughter of God, a friend of God, a friend to others, you know? And so that was, like, a crappy turned happy because I walked away just feeling really emotional, and then it's really changed my perspective on not the situation because that situation just sucked, But it's changed my perspective on, like, grace and, like, Mm -hmm. how it's so important to give yourself grace um, at Eve, just the same as you would give to other people, if not even more so, because I think we're our our own biggest critics. Yeah. (laughs) So I had just been criticizing myself for, like, months on end, and I feel like now I'm aware of that and, like, starting the process of forgiving myself, which is really refreshing sorry that got really deep but that was no, like my was crappy so rolled into um what's going to turn into like freedom and a happy that that faith flow was just unreal mm-hmm. I was like wiping away tears the whole time yeah through, same like, through yoga practice which is so beautiful that like I, f- I think there's also this um, misconception around what yoga actually is and it and truth be told it can be whatever you want it to be yeah but there's something about, like you said, about moving your body and like releasing both physically and like emotionally and spiritually that just it ties everything together. Right. And like it feels like this big, like emotional breakthrough. You just feel so connected of. to yourself yeah. as, as well at the same time to your creator. Yeah. So it's rare that you get those moments where you're like, I feel like I see myself and I see God. Mm-hmm. And that's why I started Soul Fitness too, because like there's something so vulnerable about movement, mm-hmm. like conquering a movement together with people, um, challenging your body, doing something you've never done, like yeah. and like or doing something you it, never thought you thought you could, could do. do. That is just so powerful, and so that's like an, one of the big reasons why I started Soul because I was like these moments of like movement really lead to like vulnerability and yeah. like true connection with yourself and with others like it's just insane um speaking of movement I feel like I need to announce 
my new classes. Yes. Because, so if you came to our sweat and shop event, uh, when was that? March? Yeah. March. Um, February or March. I think it was March. We did a class where I taught the first half was like cardio dance type of class. And then Catherine did a hit workout, which is similar to what you'll see at Seoul on Tuesday and Thursday nights. Yeah. Um, and everyone after, we had such a fun group. It was like 30-something girls that came. Everyone after was like, where do you teach this class? When do you teach it? When yeah. can I come? And at the time, I didn't have it on a schedule anywhere. It was something that I made up a long time ago, used to teach it at an old job and haven't taught it really since. And basically it is a dance party, like not even dance party. Like you don't have to have rhythm. You don't have to have moves. It's just moving your body to the beat of the music, both strength and cardio. It feels like a wedding reception where you just like let loose and. Right. And you like know what you're doing. Like you will feel confident in all of, all of the steps and all of the moves. And so Anyway, it's going to be called Body Beats, and it's on the schedule at Axis Yoga starting in May. So awesome. I'll be teaching it uh, Mondays at 4.30, Tuesdays at 6 p.m., and Thursdays at 6 p.m., and then Macy's going to teach it at 4.30 oh, on Wednesdays. So the 4.30 will be warm Body Beats, and then the 6 p.m. will be just regular Body Beats, but you're still going to get hella warm. Yeah. Honey, let's be honest. You sweat your butt You're going to get sweaty. Um, and so if you haven't been, the first two are free. You can come check it out. It's going to be so fun really and hopefully so we can fun. do like a soul event or something with it yeah too, oh absolutely point. my soul so. girls keep asking about it They're like when are we gonna do another cardio dance i'm like um anytime we're gonna have a launch party for it on may 17th it's a friday okay more details to come cool well um definitely go to those classes and come check out soul fitness on tuesday and thursday evenings at 6 p.m um but for now we're gonna get into this epic conversation with Parker Wilson. So I really hope you enjoy um, all of her words of wisdom. Yep. All right. Let's do the dang thing, as Parker (laughs) just said. We have, um, I have this thing of covering my mouth. You do. I can hear it. You can hear it in the mic, so I'm sorry, y'all. We have Parker Wilson in studio with, (laughs) Chelsea just moved my (laughs) I like that you're giving a play-by-play. They can't can't see. see. They cannot see. We have to. Use our words, people. Uh, um, we have Parker Wilson in the studio with us today. So, hi, Parker. Hi, friends. Um, so, Parker and I met in a very um, new age way. Would you say? New age? <laughs> that sounds mystical. Yeah. I don't know if I know this story. I'm excited. Yeah, it's oh, good. It's I? good. So, I'm one of those people who, like, always talks on airplanes. Um, so, you might hate sitting next to me because I, like, strike up a conversation and be like... Where are you going? Oh, what's your deepest sin struggle? You know, I'll just go there. That's right. Thomas apologizes for people I sit next to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeply. But sometimes I'm like, I just want to sleep. But there's like, there's like clues for that. Like you put your headphones in or you like lean your head against the window. Like there's ways to show you don't want to talk. And anyways, one time I was on a plane. Um, it was my first year living in Wilmington, 2014. I was going home for OU, Texas, Boomer Sooner. And I sat next to this lovely girl named Carrie. And we were sitting on the plane. And she asked me, we started talking like small talk. She was going home for OU, Texas as well. I was like, oh, well, this is great. And she said, like, what are your top three favorite things? And I said, Jesus, Taylor Swift, and wine. And she That's goes, an interesting, like, she goes, stranger question to ask. Yeah. She goes, <laughs> a question oh my gosh, me too. And I was like, we're best friends. <laughs> so we talked the entire time on the plane and then became like, I even, we even took her home from the 
airport. My mom picked me up and I was like, do you need a ride? And she like was in the car with us. Like we had a, a whole day of it. And then we became friends. Anyways, fast forward to like 26, 2017. Mm-hmm. Parker was about to move to Wilmington, right? Yeah. You were about to move to Wilmington. And Carrie yeah. and Parker were in the same sorority at Baylor University, right? We Same sorority? I think she was. Oh, Carrie, I hope that you're not listening because now I'm nervous because I think you were a Kayo. So we were not in the same sorority, but we went to Baylor together. We were in the same Bible study group. Oh, okay, that was it. Same something. Yes. Um, so they knew each other from Baylor, and Carrie texted me and was like, one of my friends is moving to Wilmington soon. I feel like y'all would really get along. Um, here's her Instagram. And I think she did the same to you, right? Mm-hmm. And then we started following each other on Instagram, and then we, you saw me kayaking yes. by you. <laughs> on your while, wedding weekend. On my wedding weekend while you were at... Fish House or something? Bridge Tinder. Bridge Tinder. And you do message me and you're like, hey, I know we've been following each other for a while, but I just saw you. Yes. Or I think I just saw you and your husband. Yes. And or you were beast mode on that guy. I was like racing Michael. <laughs> you were serious. And you then told me that you were trying to impress him. Yeah. Which I found hilarious because you're about to marry him. Yeah. But I still try to impress Thomas on the daily. So I get that. Yeah. And like, I knew I liked Like you. trying to yeah. impress him, but also like trying to beat, beat him. him. And yeah. I respect that. I'm very competitive. So anyways, we connected after that and we started hanging out. And then I started training her. Um... Just in life. No, I'm just kidding. Personal yes. training. <laughs> and providing counseling. And, and it became, like, awesome. Just, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, counseling sessions between the both of us. Like, we were just really into giving each other life advice. Yes. And unsolicited. Unsolicited. Both ways. <laughs> so, anyways, long story short, Parker's one of those people that I connected with in a roundabout way. But once we met, it was, like, instant. Um, I think that's kind of how you're going to feel at the end of this podcast episode today is like, you're going to feel like you've known Parker for years because she's so relatable. Um, so Parker, why don't you introduce yourself? Oh my. Like, who are you? Who are I? Who who are I? What's your (laughs) life like? Are you, uh, are you married? (laughs) I am that. Okay. So hi friends. My name is Parker Wilson. And I'm so pumped to be with you guys today. This is a blast and kind of surreal in a lot of ways. So I moved to Wilmington two years ago. I was in Charleston before that. A little bit about my life. I have been married to the guy that I 100% stalked. I can share that story too. But I absolutely... Oh, we will. I grew up in a Christian home where women do not pursue men. And I thought that rule was ridiculous. Equality, people. Yeah. So I called him first, obviously. And we've been married for 10 years, almost. We have a two-year-old daughter, almost two. We're two weeks away from the terrible twos. Uh-oh, but two I don't, weeks from two. Two, week from two. two weeks from two. But I don't think they're so terrible yet. I think three is worse. I've heard three is hard. Yeah. I have a couple friends in the stage of four. I, I just generally think, as my best friend reminded me two weeks ago, you surrender to the seasonality of mm-hmm. parenting and the reality that you're never going to hit the sweet spot. Because you hit it and it changes the next day. Yeah. So that's where we are in personal life. We also have my firstborn, Jasper, golden Mm -hmm. retriever, (laughs) who is nine in the center of my universe. My husband says if our house was on fire, he knows who would get saved. And I just tell him it's because I can carry Jasper. I can't carry Thomas. Yeah. Uh, So Thomas is a North Carolina boy. We are both born and bred, diehard Tar Heels. Yeah. Just going to go ahead and share that. 
Yeah, y'all. When y'all took, they took me and Michael to a Tar Heel game, and they were like so low key about it. Like, oh yeah, we've got extra tickets, and we get there, and we're like in this like room with like all the Tar Heel people before like eating this awesome dinner, and then we walk into the stadium. They're like, oh, by the way, we're fourth row, and I was like, oh, okay, so we're on the court. Like it was the most epic experience I've ever had at a basketball so game. So my granddad was an orphan who never went to college and decided to cheer for Carolina and just love on Carolina his entire life. So when the Dean Dome was first built, he snagged those tickets and I've sat there my whole life. So that really is a kind of other than my house, that that section <laughs> feels like home, home to me. Yeah, so it was we're amazing. we're big Tar Heels. I'm thankful I'm married to Tar Heel. Got medical clearance and a high risk pregnancy to go to the Final Four. I mean, these are things that we do when we're crazy. <laughs> Had contractions during that game because we won. Uh, that was 2017. So that's and a I remember of a you posted that video like last week of you dancing or two weeks ago mm. before the Tar Heels played. I'm sorry. Yes, um, and you were like. About to drop a child out of your uterus. I was. I was 32 weeks pregnant, and she came at 38 weeks. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) More on that story later. But that's a a little bit about the personal life. I have an amazing sister who is also the other center of the universe. Love my family. My parents still live in North Carolina. And lots of aunts, uncles, cousins that I adore. I think when you're from the South, there's something about family that's... Well, family is important everywhere, but there's just something about in the South, we tend to live next door to yeah. our mm-hmm. entire family. Right. We like to create compounds where we go. It's, I really do think that's a Southern thing. And by day, I consult retail startups in wholesale sales strategy and operations. So I get to nerd out on all things creative and Excel spreadsheets. I like to play in both worlds. I am, as Catherine mentioned, a Baylor undergrad gal. Got into Carolina and decided not to go the day before our deposit was due. That is big. That was rough. The parental units struggled with that, but more than anyone, my granddad struggled with that. Yeah. And I grew up next door to him. So that was rough, but I knew that I needed to get out of North Carolina. I love North Carolina, as you can tell, uh, but Baylor just snagged my heart pretty fast. And as my parents like to say, the only state large enough to hold my personality is Texas. Texas. Yeah, that's actually very true for me as well. Yes, I feel you there. Yeah. And my dad's side's from Texas, so it made sense to go there. It's a good state. It is a great state. Good people. Very. Like you. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was hoping you would realize that. I was trying to get a compliment there. (laughs) Achieve. Thank you for picking that up. Check. Check. And then I finished up undergrad, worked, uh, I moved to North Carolina for work and tried very hard to stay in Texas and got three job offers in North Carolina and none in the state of Texas, which I thought was a huge mistake by the part of God, did not understand that one. Mm -hmm. And then four days after I moved to North Carolina, I met Thomas. So, you know, I can see the sovereignty. Okay. Now. Now. (laughs) But in the moment, definitely not. Right. And uh, then went back to grad school at UNC in 2009, finished up my MBA, which I would do all over again if I could, moved to Vancouver, British Columbia to work for Lululemon, which was the time of my life to all my Canadian friends. I miss you. I would live in Canada again tomorrow. It's the greatest place. Nicest I heard people. they have the nicest people nicest ever. people in the world. It is just, it's magic. I mean, it's a dinner table where you sit down and share your life story and the conversations are, why is that the case? And tell me more about your life. Like dig deep. Dig really deep. And you also don't get set in these kind of groups as a result of who you are. People just want to know you for the sake of knowing you. Mm. Whereas I feel like we kind of, we tend to, 
you know, flock towards yeah. we do. different yeah. demographics. We do. And I think that that's not the case in Canada for whatever reason, well, at least in Vancouver. Uh, so then Lululemon moved us to Charleston, and then my husband's job moved us to Wilmington, and I kind of came kicking and screaming, but have since fallen in love with it. So that's the play-by-play of my last 35 years. That was better wow. than I could have ever asked for. I <laughs> honestly feel like I learned a lot I know. more about you. I did too. Well, thanks. yeah. Thanks, okay, guys. so we're done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thanks for All right, well, on. we're going to play the outro song now. No. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit about you and Thomas. More of your story. How did you meet? Yeah, I want to know, like, what does this like, give the detail? Like, give me the stocking. Yeah. We so I, in full transparency, got out of a relationship in Texas, not by choice. I got dumped. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> and I remember writing in my journal that that was not the person I was supposed to marry, that God was literally going to have to pull me out of Texas because I was convinced that's where I was going to spend the rest of my life. And my whole family knew that. Well, the week before graduation, we had a great breakfast that morning. I, I was in Houston visiting my family. We hung out. He was in Houston. And I'm not even sure why I'm telling this part of the story, but I do feel like it's important. And he is a great guy and still friends with my family. So namaste your and all the things. Yes. <laughs> do you still talk to him? No, 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 no. I but he talks to your family. Well, he was at my cousin's wedding and is, you know, he still talks to them. But That's because they knew each other before. Okay. Not because of me. They introduced us. Mm, this part okay. If my cousin invited my ex to her wedding <laughs> when I was there, I'd be like, mm-mm, we ain't cousins anymore. <laughs> well, no, I truthfully met him at, I have, my aunt and uncle have seven kids, so, which is amazing to me. FYI, I have one child and I think that's difficult, so I feel like we should go ahead and clear that. Yeah. So, I met him at my cousin's wedding and uh, was, you know, in the whole dating scene in college, I think... I learned a lot in that space and that we're not really in the real life. Mm. I have a lot of friends who got married straight out of college and it's been phenomenal and incredible. And I knew that in that time in my life, no way. I had mm-hmm. no concept of what real struggle was and everything was kind of roses in college. Yeah. And well, I agree. Not, like living for yourself. You're going to mm-hmm. class. You're probably still financially supported by parents or financial aid or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like there's not really a sense of reality yet yeah and I I mean to people that are still married from that props to you but I, I definitely <laughs> like don't see that as being like a, a mm-hmm. good example of what life is going to be like mm-hmm. when you're in the real world I think you said it really well too of like like I'm the same way I was not like in a space where I could have been mm-hmm. well God didn't even give me a relationship in college so we'll talk about that later but um, like where I could have been like selfless because mm-hmm. marriage is like very much about like self-sacrifice 100%. and I was like all about me mm-hmm. and like not a negative way. Like I just want to pursue my dreams. I want to do this. I want to chase that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was very similar. I was wired the same way in the sense of goal chasing hardcore. And I also think what was hard for me is that because I didn't have a real concept of true life, I would adjust to whatever the person I either had a crush on mm-hmm. or was right. dating. Whatever yeah. they wanted or needed in a person, I abided by that. Yeah, that, and that became who you were. Yes, and it's also not my personality. I mean, you guys have known me long enough to know that I'm a spitfire and I am kind of a steamroller mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. And uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that as it came to relationships, I was pretty willing to 
surrender, bow down, which is again right. not my personality. Of, a lot of young people mm. are. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, yeah, if you're finding yourself, find yourself right? And yeah, they help that you feel like they've helped you find yourself, and really you found them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a yeah. dancey topic. Yeah. It is, and I think that that season of my life is one of the many places where I see the Lord really protected me when I could not. You know that scripture of guard your heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I did that real well. Oh my gosh, I, I used to write that on like mirrors and stuff. You know, oh. like back when that was like a cool thing. Yes, mm-hmm. in lipstick like, or dry oh, yeah, markers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Above all, guard your heart versus the wellspring of life. I had no idea what it meant. No, not at no all. idea. No, but I was like, oh yeah, guarding your heart sounds cool. <laughs> Yes, like doing read the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye and Guard Your Heart and we good. Yeah, and you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah. And bam, you saved. And if the guys read, you know, Wild at Heart, check. Check. He's dateable. <laughs> so kind of kind of thankful that that season of my life came and went. But the whole point of that is that it is another picture in my life of where I thought I had a portrait laid out really well and the Lord had something designed that I didn't even realize I needed. So fast forward. That relationship ends. I get job offers in North Carolina. I get zero in Texas. Pretty clear that his sovereign will is coming down like a hammer. Mm -hmm. So I moved to North Carolina, and my parents felt so bad for me that they got me football tickets to the North Carolina Wake Forest game to try and make it better. So I took a whole crew of Wake Forest people. I don't know. Those are the only people I knew in Raleigh. Uh, This was my godbrother and his cousin. These are the, you know, my parents used to live in Raleigh, so I knew a lot of people there. None of them happened to be Tar Heels. So that part of the story is important because I met Thomas at a Wake Forest Carolina football game tailgate. And it was a Wake tailgate. There was no reason for either one of us to be there. Mm -hmm. And he came with a bunch of Wake Forest people as well. He, a friend of his called him and said, you need to come to the game this morning. It's going to be really fun. And he said, I just don't know if I, I mean, sorry to all the Wake Forest fans, but, and also to Carolina football. We now, I know you don't love this, Catherine. Mm. We now have Mac Brown back mm. from Texas, which mm. Catherine, yes, he actually was introduced at the game that I took Catherine to, and her face went from full glee to fury yeah. real quickly. Yeah. I have it photographed. All the feels. For all interested. She does have it photographed. She I do. It's on Instagram. Real talk. And so I think that Carolina football will vastly improve definitely well he's a good coach yeah he coached the stupidest team in the world <laughs> so Go, no longhorns <laughs> hopefully we don't have any longhorns listening it's kind of how i feel about duke fans uh but they don't listen to positive things so <laughs> <laughs> we just lost half our listeners so at any rate he, uh, his friend said, you never know, you might meet the next Mrs. Wilson. You need to come to the game. Shut up. So that's why he came. Wow. I saw him in the corner of the parking lot. You know the scene in Mean Girls where Lindsay Lohan is at the front of the queen bees? Yeah. That was him at the front of the pyramid. He was <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. But then she falls in a trash can. Thankfully, he did not. <laughs> so I text my... about that part. She does. That's real. I love that movie. It's, it's worth so a good. rewatch. So good. The so Good Days for Lindsay. So he is walking towards me. I text my roommate and said, I just saw the man I'm going to marry. I'm going to go meet him. Go up, up, introduce myself. Real talk. This is real. You can what? ask the whole crew that was around it. I so saw him. this begs a question. Do I believe in love at first sight? How do you read my mind? <laughs> because we're friends. <laughs> do you believe in love at first sight? I believe in lust at first sight. Oh, well, absolutely. So that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I've seen a lot of men in my past. and been like, oh, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> true. I mean, there was a lead singer of a band at one point, I thought, when I was 17. I also 
went to every concert when I lived in Winston. So there are moments where yeah. I think that so we say say that I be- I believe that you can have attraction true connections and attraction mm-hmm. for sure. I 100% did not understand that love as a covenant bond between two people yeah. until I was married knee deep in a relationship with someone who pushed me to be a better version of myself yeah. than I wanted for myself. So I still went up and met him and the guy that I was with at the time, one of the guys that I went to the football game with, I think he thought we were on a date, even though I told him we were not on a date. And he went to go get food, thankfully, walked away. So I go meet Thomas at this point in time. I'm going to wrap up this story, I promise. I like it. And we were Thomas and I were talking. This guy, who is a wonderful human being, great friend, walks back up and puts his arm around my waist. Shut with up. With his plate of barbecue. Shut and up. I am mortified. I look at Thomas as we're... I invited Thomas to our Halloween party at our apartment in Raleigh. And he told me he had to travel and starts to get out his phone to get my number. Well, he grew up with the guy I was next to and put his phone back. I remember thinking, my moment is gone. We're done. It's over. So that night after the game, I see all all of Thomas's friends that he was with that night. But Thomas is gone. He has, because he's apparently a responsible human being and went back home and didn't go out that night like me. Sorry, mom and dad. I did not have a party night, I promise. A party night. I did not. Uh, I was okay driving. if you did. You know. So I called my sister on Sunday and I said, listen. Now, let's be real. This was back in 2006. So this is in the days of so no Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I was a senior in high school, though. Okay, great. That's humbling. FYI, guys, I'm older than these kids. Barely. Um. Four years? I'm 35, almost. Okay, four years. Okay. That's, you know, there's a lot of life season in that. Mm -hmm. Hashtag child bride over here. So I called my sister and told her, I have to try and find this guy because there's just something about him and I'm going to try one time and if it doesn't work, if he never calls, great. So she writes a script for me because my sister was a speech writer and was then a lobbyist, still a lobbyist. So she's all about communicating effectively. So I sit in the Target parking lot on a Monday afternoon. I dial 411, ask for Ernst and Young, get the operator, Shut ask for Thomas Wilson's desk, and I left a message. Shut. That's real. Uh, Wait, what did you them, just what did like a little speech? bit of the speech? <laughs> I speech, said, speech, speech, speech. Hey, Thomas, this is Parker Swan. Swan's my maiden name. I met you at the, I think I still remember every word. I met you at the football game this past weekend in Chapel Hill. If you're ever in the North Hills area, which is a part of Raleigh, which the ironic part is that's near where he lived, so of course he'd run into me. said, if you're ever in the North Hills area and want to grab a coffee, my number is, and I think I still had a Waco number, 254-710-6998, I think. 254? 254. Oh. Or 254. Okay. Yeah. 214 Dallas. 214 Dallas, that's right. I know my area codes in Texas. And he... He got together with his guy friends on Monday night, discussed whether or not I was crazy. They said it was a 50-50 chance. <laughs> so he called me Wednesday, and we went out that next week. Now, mind you, for the first two months of going out to these amazing dinners that he would take me to, Homeboy never made a move, ever. Now, Like not even a handful? No, nothing. We would just go to dinner and talk. And this, I'm confused by this. Yeah, because like, all are my we other best friends or are we about yeah. to make out? Right. All my other relationships were over by two months. It was like hot yeah, and heavy yeah. and done. Yeah. So I was really, really confused by it. And oh, by the way, when he first 
picked me up for our first date. He was driving a Silverado and wore cowboy boots, and he prayed over dinner. And I was so like, you're like, we Texan. good. I got my Texas yes. boy. Yes. I was like, we're, we're in. So it wasn't until we were on a dinner date, like, yeah, a month and a half or two months later, this little four-year-old girl, it was her birthday at the place we were having dinner, walks up to the table, and I kid you not, sits her chin on top of the table and is just staring up at Thomas like he's some god. And I looked at her and I said, I know sometimes he makes me speechless too. And that was the first night he kissed me on the cheek because he, it, he, he on the cheek, out, on the cheek, that right? That deserves a little more than that. Yeah. I mean, you just like spat, just spat out. You, well, you actually spit. <laughs> Chelsea actually spit. My while, chin is bruised. Okay. Well, oh, gosh. we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, part in she the crappy section. Mm-hmm. She got in a fight with a chair. Oh, bless. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, so cute. So that's so our, so no breakups. It was just smooth sailing after that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. There is nothing. I always joke with people when I, so I love mentoring high school and college girls. Not that I have anything wise to offer, but I just like to jam out on life together. And I share with them all the time. In the Bible, we all got married when we were between 13 and 15. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing about relationships in this day and age I think that's easy where we're dating for a long time, trying to understand whether or not we should get married. I mean, I'm all for, 100% my daughter will have an arranged marriage. I understand the benefits of these things. <laughs> I think that, you know, that's the culture that we were, that yeah. historically we were part of. And so I think when you are when you live in the space of choice and length of time and all the things of trying to make the you know, right decisions, it's, it is hard. So we dated for, I knew I wanted to marry him within, I mean, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, mainly because... He was the first without me crying at the table. I already warned Catherine and Chelsea. People cry here all the time. Yeah, it'll happen. Do it. Uh, I knew (laughs) really early on (laughs) because of the kind of person that I was as a result of being with him. Mm, I think it... That's huge. You know, the majority of people I talked to when I talked about dreams and goals and things I wanted to do in different parts of the world. I mean, they're crazy harebrained ideas that I still hang on to and some of which I've gotten to do, some of which I still want to do. I remember one guy I dated said, well, that's just not the vision I have for my life and what I need in a wife is X, Y, and Z. And I remember thinking, well, that's not not me. I'm not your wife. And my goals have never scared Thomas, ever. I mean, he has supported every single one of them. But my mom always says that I'm the kite flying in the wind and... He's the one hanging on to the kite. So I think that's pretty a pretty accurate description. But yeah, dating was not easy at all. I mean, I think we also went through a lot of really, really hard things in our relationship, some of which I would save for him to share. And uh, we went through a lot of loss. And, mm. you know, within a few months of dating, my granddad was diagnosed with cancer for the second time and ended up passing away. And we were in Lexington, my hometown, over and over with him. So our initial, literally, dating relationship was spending time with a terminally ill, mm-hmm. but the, and the person who was the hero of my heart. Mm-hmm. That's so I very think that similar was, to Michael and I, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, with your grandmother. Yeah. I think it's... That, it makes you stronger, though. I mean, it, it, it gives you that preparation for, for what a lifetime with someone is actually like. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just rainbows and butterflies. It's tragedy and loss and confusion and all the things Mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool that you got to experience that during dating and like realize he would be a good partner yes for all Mm -hmm. those ups and downs and those are the things I did not and I truth be told I have a lot of friends who went through incredibly difficult things in college so it's not to say that all of our college experiences are reserved as bliss and late Saturdays so I think that it's unfair for 
me to say otherwise, but I, for me, I was very thankful to have kind of a storybook experience in college mm-hmm. and life on the other side of that for sure in a relationship prepared us for, in all honesty, what was to come because there, things did not necessarily come easy for us in, in marriage either. And I think our dating relationship was unforeseen good preparation for yeah. that. But yeah, he proposed that I was accepted to grad school at UNC because he said I had to be a real Tar Heel before he married me. That's cute, actually. And the rest is history. Married October 10th, 2009. So two yeah. years. That's great. Two years, three years of dating. Uh, yeah, two and a half. Okay. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was a good chunk. That's a good chunk. Time. I, like it. I mean, so I was young. When you, we had a, you were married after two years or you were engaged after two years? We were engaged after he proposed um, early February 2009. We met October 28th, 2006. He saved the football ticket, y'all. I knew he liked me. Yeah. <laughs> he totally liked So you. we dated two and a half years before we got engaged. And then originally I wanted a six-month engagement because FYI, homegirl did not want to wait around. Uh, yeah, but same. my preach. My best friend was in another wedding at the time, so we moved it to October. So we were engaged eight months. Gosh, I don't know how you ladies did that. It's insane. Yeah, we did six months, and I mean, it's definitely doable, but yeah, it's it's like it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah. yeah, and I was in grad school too when I started grad school in July. So we got married three days after my first set of finals in yeah. MBA school, and he moved in the week after that. And I I do not recommend major <laughs> life changes all at once, but it seems to be all I do. Yeah. I moved here thirty weeks Sometimes pregnant. Sometimes it's good to just get it all done. It is, you know, all, all the, the band aid at one time. Yeah, yeah. rip yeah. them off. I feel like we did that last year. Yeah, engaged. You, you did. did. You really did. So, and I was kind of like, yeah, this is good. Just uh, let's clean just do slate. It. Let's mm-hmm. just do it all at once. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, speaking of hard things, um, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about you and Thomas's pregnancy journey? Yes, I can. Journeys. Share. Journeys. I think that's, yeah, plural. Adventures. <laughs> so many. They never end. Yeah. So, Thomas, I mean, I think we were on the dance floor at our wedding and homeboy was like, I can't wait to be a dad. And I sat back and said, okay, bye. <laughs> See you later. Let's just go on the honeymoon first. So we were young when we met. We were early 20s. I had just turned 25 when we got married. My mom had me later in life, and I did not really foresee having kids early on in our marriage. I wanted to have a season of being married, truthfully. So... We waited until I was about, I think we waited until about five years before we started trying to get pregnant. Now, in the back of my mind, I didn't think this was going to be a difficult journey because, quote unquote, I'd done all the right things. Mm -hmm. I was healthy. I made good, I like to say good decisions, meaning, well, how do I say this in a good way? No, there's no good way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, no. I... My sin struggles are very, are a lot of internal things. I kind of want the scarlet letter sin struggles because I feel like people can see those and hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. But mine are so deeply rooted in my heart that I did not necessarily even see them Mm -hmm. for a long time. The idols that I had stored up um, until we kind of went through this road. But all that said, I thought I had been a really quote unquote good girl. Mm -hmm. So I deserved all the things I should deserve easy moments. And truth be told, we'd had a hard dating and engagement season. We had experienced a lot of challenging things in family and in loss that I kind of thought we were done for a while. Right. So we started trying and around when I was about 30 and, you know, did all the things. 
got to a year and I'm thinking, okay, a year, it, it can take people a year. And what I learned in this process, when we were talking about this earlier, I think that each month you have about a 25% chance of getting pregnant. I think I need to triple check the stats, but one thing I've learned is that each person walking is a complete miracle mm-hmm. because the things that come together, literally, <laughs> physically, <Yeah. laughs> to create a tiny human, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, if you've ever questioned the existence of God, you know what? I kind of say this, I actually do say the same thing too. Like, I feel like the miracle of just like birth and the fact that two cells can come together and create like a human with feelings and emotions and dreams and, you know, quirks. Mm. Like I remember one time I was at the, I was at the stomach doctor cause I have digestive issues. Okay. Um, shameless living at the mic um but anyways I was there and she this was actually a really like foot in mouth moment but she like had delivered babies as part of her uh residency or something so she was like telling me about that and I was like oh man see yeah I don't really know how people can can experience childbirth and not believe in God you know and she was like I don't believe in God and I was like, oh, okay, well, to each his own. <laughs> and then I, but seriously, I agree. Like, it's just insane. It is. And I, and we encountered a lot of that as we got into the science part and had to see a lot of doctors, which we'll get to in a second. I think that you're right, to each his own. And as people really dig into science, I think sometimes science can be the ruling piece. Mm-hmm. And what I'm so thankful for in our journey is that I gained such an appreciation of God's willingness and gift in creating one brilliant people and two the gift of medicine because I think mm-hmm. that it yeah science is a gift. I think God created science. Absolutely, he I is would agree the with that. ultimate science. We might Say, get you might get emails and messages about science-y. it. He is the ultimate scientist. <laughs> yes, I mean Bill and I, the science guy, ain't got nothing no, on, on God. <laughs> Can I make that a bumper sticker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quote me. Perfect. There it is. We referenced bumper sticker quotes in one episode. Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah, we did it. We did it. (laughs) I love it. So we get to a year, and we uh, technically you are considered struggling with infertility if you've gone twelve months and have not gotten pregnant, or at least gotten pregnant, even had a miscarriage. That is kind of a doctor's definition. So we started seeing, getting more tests done and started doing acupuncture, holistic diets, which I have struggled with some body image and eating disorders in the past. So the holistic diet piece was certainly a challenge for me to walk through that. Probably a separate conversation of pregnancy and body image and integrating those when you have trouble with that. I think we should talk about it next. (laughs) Well, potentially, unless everyone's so bored with me Well, just remember, we started at 20 minutes, so like we're not where we think we are. I just looked at the clock and I'm thinking, I wonder how many people have shut this off by now with all my talking. Yeah, I started the thing at 20 minutes. These are things you don't need to know as listeners, but... (laughs) Edit that out. I (laughs) probably won't. (laughs) But when did we start recording? At the 20 minute mark. Well, I mean the time. Uh, 30 minutes ago. Okay. 31 minutes ago. Cool, cool, cool. Fair. Cool, cool, cool. Sorry y'all had to hear that, but <laughs> this is what happens behind, behind the, the scenes. scenes. BTS. <laughs> so, well, it's important for people to know all the things that go into it. So then we get to the end of year two and still nothing. So we decide to opt for laparoscopic surgery to check and see if I potentially have endometriosis, which can be a contributing factor to infertility. And because everything else was checking out clear at that point in time. 
And they, so I had that surgery the following year and they did find a bit of endometriosis, which what I learned, I mean, they found these smallest, less than a dime size. The interesting thing about endometriosis, which by the way, we do not have enough research funding and it's an insanely common issue for women, which is really challenging, is that it does not matter the amount that you have in your system. It can impact people in different ways. So my OB had a patient completely covered who had no trouble getting pregnant. Mm. So I think it's an interesting kind of myth about endometriosis as a whole. But all that said, the doctors encouraged us that within three months of having that surgery, we should have no trouble getting pregnant. Well, three months come and go, no positive pregnancy tests. But at this point, I have spent more money on ovulation predictor kits and pregnancy tests. And I think the wave of, you know, we all don't love our time of the month, let's be real. Mm-hmm. And when you are struggling with infertility, it's a different it's a different weight. I mean, you, I just, it almost like says if once you get your period in your face, it is. I mean, it's a, it's, it is an, the visual illustration that you are not not. pregnant. Mm -hmm. And for me, every time that would, every single month, I would just feel honestly more and more broken. Uh, because you hear this for a lot of women struggling with infertility. We're women, we're meant to carry babies. It's what we do. So if this is our number one job, then you know, for me, why isn't it happening? It means I'm failing. And if one thing I didn't necessarily touch on is that I'm slightly driven, mildly obsessed with finding my identity and achievement and success to the point that that is a real struggle and idol for me. So the pursuit of having a child 100% became an idol for me Mm -hmm. as well, very quickly. And I identified myself as broken very quickly. So we go... Yeah, three months come and go. We decide to pursue what they call medical intervention. So we started with an IUI first, and that essentially only increases your chances by about 10%, but it's more just kind of timed, if you will, without going into all the specifics of it. Not sure how graphic everyone wants me to be, but uh, we joke that it's, you know, in the infertility world, we call IUI the hashtag turkey baster world. Like that's literally Mm -hmm. what you're... Mm -hmm. What you're doing. So it's pretty timed and very, you're still doing injections, all the things. So at this point, I'm hopped up on loads of hormones and that doesn't work. So we pretty much press pause for a while because at that point, I was pretty physically exhausted. Yeah. You know, that's financially so exhausted. Much, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. So much on your body. Yeah. And I also thought at this point in time that it'd be a great idea to start an e commerce kids' clothing business with two business partners in Charleston who are still really good friends of mine. And for me, starting a business, we ran it for two years, loved it, and we it still exists. It's called Smockbox. We sold it to one of our original vendors. So if you are a mom or you need a great gift, you should go to smockbox.com. <laughs> and yeah. running that was it, it filled the void for me for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the other thing with infertility is, fun, you know, we have to find space where we are checking things off a list because when you feel wildly out of control and there is nothing that makes you feel more out of control than not being able to, to be a mom when you are desperate to be a mom, I should back up and say, I started praying that God would shift my heart to become a mom. I was very fearful of motherhood. I was terrified of screwing a child up. Well, guess what? We're going to screw our kids up. We're human. We're mm-hmm. humans raising humans. Mm-hmm. Sin nature on sin nature. It's a thing. So when the Lord really like peeled back the layers and encouraged you know, this, the start of this journey for us, I literally woke up and was thinking, where's the stroller? I think I hear a baby crying. I mean, it was a full switch flip immediately. Mm-hmm. So... 
st- waiting to start until I wanted to be a mom was the other challenging part of this. So at this point, I'm in my early 30s. I'm going to a baby shower a week. And yeah. one of my dearest friends had three kids in the span of time. My business partner and best friend in Charleston, she had two kids while all this was happening. So, you know, you're seeing people build their family quickly when I couldn't have one. Mm. Uh, so we get to, we go, we go a good bit of time and go back to the doctor to talk through kind of what our options are. And she, I am obsessed with our doctor in Charleston. Her name is Dr. Heather Cook at Coastal Fertility. And she is truly, she was so respectful of and compassionate about our journey. I think that growing up in a faith-based home, there is a lot of negative conversation around IVF and infertility as a whole. A lot of that comes out of the pro-life movement, which I 100% respect, consider myself part of, and how also that's been redefined for me has been really big. That's probably another conversation as well. Uh, I think that as a, as a global society, and especially as believers, our commitment to supporting life is in single moms, in and refugees and immigrants and people who are part of humanity. That's our, that is our role is anyone to support in anyone in humanity yeah. and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So I think that we found it very challenging to talk about IVF in the church because we've been so zeroed in on this conversation of, okay, we believe life starts at the point of conception. So that means an embryo. So that means we shouldn't do IVF because we're, we're messing with science. We're trying to play God. We're disposing of embryos and you just get into a lot of really gray area. That's challenging. Mm-hmm. So we felt pretty isolated in the discussion. Uh, We had a hard time approaching people on how to pray for us and with us about whether or not we should do it. Because in all honesty, our next step was IVF. So we talked with our doctor at length about the process, understanding it, shared with her. My personal, you know, desire was to transfer any amount of embryos we had. I was not at a place where I was comfortable with either. um, There's an incredible facility in Tennessee where you can actually adopt embryos. There are over 600,000 embryos available for adoption. Whoa. It's amazing. I've heard of that. They're called snowflake babies. Never heard of that. Yeah. It's pretty rad. I have a couple friends who've walked that road and it's really incredible and a crazy thing to think about. So all that said, we, you know, we, I wanted to take every embryo we have, but I also didn't want a football team of kids. I mean, my aunt's amazing, but I'm not wired that way. Yeah, seven's a lot. Seven's a lot. So six is a lot, as well as five and four and one. Yeah, (laughs) three, two, one. I mean, let's be real. Jasper's a lot. Dogs are crazy. Yeah. So we uh, we sat down with her, shared with her our kind of heart surrounding IVF, what our comfort level was, and chose to proceed forward with the process and. I'm so obviously thankful that we did. We discovered what my issue was through the process of IVF. My, in all honesty, my eggs are crap, (laughs) total crap. And that was the challenge. They just would not fertilize on their own. So we did uh, the process, which I'm happy to share with anyone who ever has questions, is fairly lengthy and intense and can be rough on your body. You're doing a lot more injections than you are with IUI. And you're doing a lot more injections on the other side of the embryo transfer as well. But I will say that being able to sit in a room and Thomas always jokes that, you know how you joke about like, when, when do you know when you had, you know, when you conceived your baby and Thomas always jokes, well, there were six people in the room. It was a really romantic (laughs) moment. So I was wide awake and got to hold his hand and watch them transfer these two embryos. And you see it on an ultrasound. Wow. It was absolutely 
unreal. So at the time of our backing up a little bit of our retrieval and then into the transfer into the embryo creation, we lost several embryos along the way. So we ended up with three that were, that survived past a thaw stage and were able to be transferred. So we, we got to the office on a Saturday morning for our embryo transfer in September. And the doctor put us in a small room and said, here are the embryos that we have. You have 20 minutes to decide if you want to transfer one or two. You will have a 60% chance with two and a 50% chance with one, with one of getting pregnant. And they literally gave us 20 minutes to decide if we could handle twins or not. That was another really sobering Whoa. moment. Whoa. <laughs> so, I, I actually am not okay. Right now. <laughs> well, we opted for two. Yeah. And truthfully, when, so obviously one took, and when we lost the other one, I, I had to grieve that for a while too. And understanding how to grieve loss in the middle of finding out we were pregnant was an interesting thing. A lot of people have joked with me on the other side of, you know, thank the Lord you didn't have twins since Hatton is such a wild child. And I appreciate those comments so much, but also, I mean, kind of don't necessarily always want to there. I have a whole list of things to say to people and not say to people. That would be a really good book to write. Like what, how do you not know infertility, the life of an infertility or something? Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm in process of documenting all of it because we're you know, in, in facing this all over again, that, uh, I'm writing it all down. I've had people say to me, you should start the adoption process because I have a friend that once she started her paperwork, she got pregnant because you're not stressed anymore. Once you try, I had everyone's story is different. Everyone's story is so different. And the thing that I remind a lot of people who are facing this is that adoption is not a consolation prize. Adoption in and of itself is an unbelievable story. That is the gospel portrayed in real life. Mm -hmm. It is brokenness into redemption and it is not without its challenges mm-hmm. it's same same with going through not the same as going through IVF but either road any road you take in growing your family is fraught with challenge yeah and I think that we we miss that that we think that oh this person just wants a human in their house well the intricacies of what your brain does in trying to navigate how to do that you you honestly can't know unless you walk it but it is possible for other people to be empathetic in it. And I saw that 10 times over with our friends in Charleston. By the way, only one of whom struggled with infertility. The rest, the flowers that were on my doorstep on the day of our egg retrieval, the lasagna that was brought over the day of our embryo transfer, people just showing up with notes mm. and praying with us outside of a doctor's office. And my, I called them the brave tribe. And the brave tribe showed up. And mm. all of them had kids. And so I think that another thing I saw was... God's hand and feet through the people who loved us so well. So just showing up, just showing up. You just got to show up. Mm. Don't call people and say, can I do something for you? Just go freaking do it. Just go freaking do it. Because when we're in the depths of struggle, we, I can't articulate what I need. I have no idea. And it's hard to ask for help. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you're just putting more weight on someone Mm -hmm. when you just do it. So another thing that I learned, but yeah, so September, Comes and goes, September 2016. And our blood draw was 10 days later. It's crazy with embryo transfers. You find out real fast. Uh, And we found out we were pregnant and expecting in May. And now we're parents of a two-year-old. A total miracle kid. Another part of the story certainly is having this miracle kid and struggling with really 
severe issues on the other side, attaching guilt and shame to entering into motherhood and it not being a smooth transition. Mm. Hatton is a total dream. And as a newborn, she screamed six hours a day. She, when she would get up in the middle of the night, she would take two to three hours to put her back down and just was not in general, I mean, perfectly healthy, but a a challenging newborn as Mm -hmm. some would say. So I think that the deeper I walked roads of postpartum depression and anxiety, I felt so much guilt and shame for wanting this child for four years. And then on this other side, not knowing what the age to do yeah. and being a new mom. So I think that's the, the thing about the journey, right? Like we're just, we, we stay on it and there are different parts of it where we see and, and need God's hand to kind of guide. But all that said, I'm real thankful for IVF and I, uh, am just, I mean, my child last night was singing frozen for the first time singing, let it go. And I'm just weeping because it's like, I mean, I never thought that would be part of my life. And now she's yelling and screaming, trying to take off her diaper, saying, let it go. Like, what parent doesn't Mm. want that? (laughs) That's what I was doing last night. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So um, you mentioned postpartum depression. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Mm. If you're open to it. Yeah. An unforeseen part of the yeah. Journey, I, I mean, I feel yeah. like it's very, um, it's very much a journey that a lot of people still don't speak about. Mm-hmm. It's slowly coming to the surface, but it's real. It's really real, and it happens more often than we think. And I'm sure there's like a stigma around it. Like, it would be hard to admit to that even being a struggle for you when you were just gifted with this miracle. And it's like, how could I ever be sad? Sad at this moment in time. Like, yeah. I imagine that was probably really hard to. Yeah. I was always searching for a why. I think one thing that's part of the journey is that, and like in general in parenting, I always want to fix things. And Mm -hmm. what I've realized recently is that I think that the Lord moves to redefine things for us. So as we rely more on our own human power to try and come out of a certain place, for me, I just would spiral a bit more as Mm -hmm. I tried to, you know, maybe it's just, more sleep or if I just get the laundry done, I'll feel better, whatever it is. I don't Mm -hmm. know. And trying to just, you know, people will tell you, I remember walking through a grocery store and a lady walked up to me and said, savor every moment because she'll grow up before you know it. And I just had tears in my eyes, not because I was savoring. I wasn't savoring shiz. Yeah. You're like, I want this to go by. (laughs) I moved here into our house at 32 weeks pregnant. I had her at 38 weeks. I didn't know a soul. No one knew our backstory. I had an emergency induction, an emergency C-section. I was just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. Nothing was my portrait. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have this beautiful labor story where the angels sang and the skies opened up and I became a mom for the first time. And I had this deep connection with my daughter. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I did. I had no connection with her when she was first born. Mm. And that, I think longing for something for so long and then not finding completion that I thought I would have was I felt so, I just felt like she had the wrong mom. Mm. I felt like she just, it wasn't me. And it wasn't until I asked for help and got help and, and recognized that not, you know, at, backing up a little bit on my absolute worst day, a friend of mine who I've known for a long time, she's a doctor here and she texted me and said, I don't know why, but I think I'm supposed to be at your house right now. I have a sitter for my kids and I'm showing up with dinner. And it was the day that I sat in my garage with my keys in my hand and I had just put Hatton down. I think she might've been upstairs. 
I think she was upstairs. And I just remember thinking, well, at that point, she was only sleeping for like 15 minutes at a time, which was maddening. <laughs> and if you ever listen to this when you're, you know, 18, I do love you. You really, <laughs> you really threw me for some loops when you were first born. <laughs> um, but I just thought that driving away potentially with the thought of never coming back would make everything better. Mm. I believed Thomas deserved a wife who could be a good mom and could be a strong support for him. And I felt so incredibly weak. And I think the reality is when we are in the space of anxiety and depression, nothing is truth. Mm -hmm. And the lies become truth so much more quickly than we can keep up with searching for what's Mm. real. Yeah. So I got help and I now long to walk that road with other women and try and mm. find the markers, try and find what what those are before they're as far in the throes as I was. I now joke that I don't think that mat leaves should exist until they're 18 months old because, man, they're freaking fun when they hit <laughs> toddler stage. Mm-hmm. But that was the other thing that I really came to recognize is that I love this age that she's in and it's okay that newborn days were hard. Yeah, it's totally okay. It is perfect. You're not the first and you won't be the last to think that newborn days are hard, you know? Mm -hmm. I do, I'm thankful that I walked it because I feel like I can better understand how to love new moms because I remember calling one of my dearest friends in MBA school. She had her first while we were in grad school. Jenny, I don't know how you did that, girl. And I called her and I said, I did not bring you enough casseroles. Not (laughs) nearly enough casseroles. I don't even know if I brought her any. I threw her baby shower and thought, oh, this is so fun. Yay for all of us. They don't teach you crap at a baby shower. Yeah. You're celebrating everything. And then on the other side of it, we've had the party, but people have to show up Mm -hmm. on the other side because Mm -hmm. that's when it gets super real. Mm. Uh, But I think that in walking infertility and then in walking into I feel like I'm using the word walking a lot <laughs> in navigating anxiety and depression, getting my steps in mentally. <laughs> I for so long attached God's faithfulness to my circumstances. And I remember scrolling through social media feeds and I would see people posting when we were going through infertility, I would see them posting with their new baby. God is so faithful. He fulfilled his promise. She's here. She's safe, etc. I have a lot of, one of my best friends of 20 years experienced horrific loss and God's faithfulness did not change in that. She didn't get to post a picture holding a child who was whole and here. That child had a heaven birthday on the day of her birth. And I think that when we see, and I mean, I love social media for a lot of reasons. I love keeping up with people and Lord knows I love sharing about my kid because she's a riot. I think that we also, of course, begin the comparison process. And when we see everyone talking about how good he is, and he and he is good in those moments, but even still, even if not, he is still good. Mm, and that was still. what I, even still, that was the road I had to, or that was the truth I had to hang on to because I had to recognize that even if he does not gift us with any children at all, biological, adopted, Whatever it looks like, if our family does not grow, do I believe that God is still faithful? And do I trust that he is still good? My completion did not come in being a mom. Nothing about my life is complete. Come to my house right now. It is a gong show. But what <laughs> my, my day of completion is not until I am standing alongside the Lord. This is, you know, I think the road of suffering 
in general reveals his character in ways we couldn't mm-hmm. see before because he weeps with us and yes. he has experienced the ultimate suffering to bring us into his family for eternity. And I think that understanding his character and understanding his heart and suffering turned him of this like, ask and you shall receive God. Like genie kind of God. Yes, mm-hmm. into a, a daddy God, a father God. Like a the friend. True, yes. I remember on like year two or three of infertility, I was, I think I was walking and praying. I did a lot of walk praying. And I have never heard God audibly speak. I remember my mom saying, well, my friend just really heard God say this. And I would look at her and say, well, I'm real glad your friend can hear because I yeah. can't hear anything. I don't know what he's <laughs> telling me to do. No signs in the sky. But what I did hear him imprint on my heart was be my daughter first and be my child first and really start to understand that his faithfulness was not tied to my circumstances, that his love for me was not tied to what I did, was not tied to my actions, was you know, the promises that he would fulfill were not tied to anything I'd done previously in my life or would do later in my life, that my legacy is his glory, not, mm. you know, not this generation of things. Mm. So as I started to see circumstances detached, you know, from that he's not one who's just going to answer, you know, when people say, oh, the Lord will give you a child in his timing. I now look at them yeah. as we're walking this road again and say, he might not. Yeah. yeah. I might not have a child. And does that still mean he's God? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, and does that mm-hmm. make him any less good? No, absolutely. I not. mean, he's always good. Mm-hmm. His the eternal definition of goodness is nowhere near what the world says good is. Mm-hmm. And same with faithfulness. Like it's absolutely. an it's an eternal definition. Wow, that is that just hit me so hard. And one I have to keep reminding myself of too, because I think the other thing about understanding who God is, it. It's a new day, right? We're still going to have another challenge. We have to choose to lean into that truth yet again. Mm-hmm. As we've had Every to, day is a choice to... Yeah. It's not like I like learned this about God and my life got now you're like, up with a pretty ah! bow. And right. here I am taking fun pictures with my daughter and loving life. And we're still... You know, we, we recently tried again to expand our family. We did our last embryo transfer in January and got pregnant. And we miscarried at the end of February. And that was such salt in the wound. Why not just have the embryo not stick at all? Yeah. Or why not just not mm-hmm. have to walk the process at all of going through IVF and, you know, should is Hatton the only one? What do we do next? We have no idea. I think that all these, you know, beautiful things that I thought I understood about God, I've been knocked down all over again, trying to re-understand who he is. And again... The walk for me has been, at least in the last three months, moving from what I believe he's teaching me is moving from a a space of broken to chosen. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to give him. Well, I like to joke that I don't give God space to redefine things. He just takes it up. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to Mm, step back and let him work. Wow. Wow. Well, one thing that our listeners know, and if you're a part of this soul, heart and soul community, we, we hone on the idea of shameless living. And that was one of the most attractive things about you to me when I first met you is like, here's my ish. Here's how I feel about it. Truthfully, not like, Oh God is so faithful. He will prevail. (laughs) But like, I'm actually hurt right now. I'm letting this matter. Can we process this together? Mm. And I think that that is a character trait 
that a lot of people have not stepped into yet. And I think that if everyone did, we could change the world. You know what I mean? Like we could really be encouragement to someone. We could really be perspective to someone. We could really be real, you know? Mm -hmm. And so the fact that you exhibit that, like literally every conversation I have with you is not surface level. I mean, it's, I got time for that. We well, yeah, but and we'll go there. Like we'll go to like Bachelor and oh, yeah. Taylor Swift and like the really important things of life. But Can't wait also, for you, Alabama Hannah. Yeah, Alabama <laughs> Hannah. Um, but it never stays there, and I think that that is a really rare quality to have. So hear this and believe this: you are rare <laughs> and very, very loved and chosen. Thank yes. you. I feel that. I appreciate that. Don't make me cry again. And I think all of our listeners, I mean, we have all sorts of age groups listening from probably high school to in their to, 50s to and moms 60s and grandmothers. And moms and grandmothers. Yeah, but I think this was such a good message for anybody to hear. I mean, yes, it was probably especially helpful for anyone that's going through that or is going to go through that and if and if we ever do, we know exactly who we're coming to, <laughs> yeah. but um with whatever struggle it might be, that is so true that like God is good whether whether he's quote unquote answering our prayers or not. Like we we get messages from people who are in relationship struggles or not in their career or whatever. Like things just aren't happening for them. And I think this was something that they really, really needed to hear. And we so appreciate your mm-hmm. vulnerability in it. And I mean, that couldn't have been easy. So well, I appreciate the space to, to share. I think if I would leave anything with any one person, since I know there was a lot of information and all of that, sometimes we're not going to see our life wrapped up in the beautiful bow, this side of heaven. Mm -hmm. There is still goodness and opportunity to love, to experience love and to see blessings here. I do think that we can experience joy on this earth and share that it is our duty in my opinion to share that with other people and love really really hard and he is still good if we don't see the big bow mm. here because we might not always you better preach girl <laughs> um well there are four four questions that we ask every guest and Ooh. i always forget them so i'm gonna let chelsea <laughs> ask you right there now are four or three there are three questions there's three or four. Binging? We'll get there. There's, there's questions. Mm. Okay. First mm. is, what is something you're currently binging? Breaking Bad. Oh, you went back. Late to the game. We've never seen it. Okay. We, I haven't either. Michael, It's Michael's favorite show. And I watched, I will admit, I watched like five episodes and I just couldn't get into it back when it was like a thing. I yeah. love it. I'm obsessed. I, so we're, we're on episode, I think, four or five because obviously we needed something. We're, I'm mildly ashamed, but I am going to go slightly shame. We're addicted to Game of Thrones, full on. So uh-huh. we need something in between. Mm-hmm. So Breaking Bad has, you know, we've we've done we've done a lot of shows. Also, that's another thing with infertility. You distract your mind a lot. Yeah, you gotta. <laughs> yeah. Lots, a lot of binging. Well, Breaking Bad is heavy, but it is heavy. But it's, it's I, really I love but it, it helps you escape your. <laughs> yeah. You're heavy. It's intense. You're heavy for it like the intense. heaviest of heavies. Right. Yeah. Um. Okay. And what is something? There's four. You're right. Yes. <laughs> I got one thing um, right. What is something that you love about yourself? Oh. <laughs> Everyone has such a hard time answering this. No, and I don't want to because I want other people to be able to answer this quickly. One thing I love about myself 
I am an ideas person and I get more energy from sharing ideas. I love that mm-hmm. my brain love can that. just go there mm-hmm. quickly yeah. for a business, for a person. Yeah. I love it. Whenever I, we were like working out together and I would be like, I'm thinking about this. You, you would come up with a concept <laughs> for my dreams so fast. Like that is I was like, oh, okay. I don't even know that's what you needed to do. I was just like, that's awesome. It's incredible. 100%. Um, what is something you're looking forward to this year? Mm. I am, I'm looking, I don't like heat at all, mm. but you're I like in it the all. Wrong place. Right. I mean, we honeymooned in snow. We did our 10 year anniversary trip in snow. That is so thing. interesting. Yes. I am, however, looking forward to the summer in Wilmington because I, let's be real, having a one-year-old's hard, so now she's two. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked to have a toddler play in the water on the beach. She's doing swim lessons right now. So I'm excited to really, we're on year two of Wilmington, and the first year was real tough. Last you know, I, I, I'm just going to be real. So I'm excited to really dig in and love this town and Mm. get to know it better and uh, explore parts of Wilmington I haven't seen before. We're all about local adventuring and I'm attempting to surprise hubs with a possible little weekend getaway because homeboy's been working real hard. So I'm excited to Well, don't let him listen to this podcast. I don't think that he, I think at this point he, he'll probably, if he is listening to this right now, I'm probably sitting next to him. So let's turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Good um, point. There is nothing better than the summer in Wilmington. I know. I'm so excited. It's just so, there. this town just, it's already lively, but it comes to life. And I won't lie, I will not be pregnant and I won't be nursing. So mom is going to have a marg. That's yeah. the other yeah. thing I'm excited about. Get yourself about. a marg. Yeah. Get yourself a kini or a tankini. <laughs> I'm getting a kini. I'm fine with this now. Yeah, do it. Do it mom girl. bod. Mom yeah. bod. Um, and then we always wrap up with if you could tell women one thing, what would it be? Oh my gosh, I know, I've listened to other people answer this question and I am so sad that I didn't prepare better for this moment. I think you kind of like already touched on so yeah, many things. So many things. Like if I you think, can sum it all up. Don't wait on the good. Live into it right now. Yeah. That's what I would share. Holy crap. So <laughs> talking speaking about bumper stickers. And I need that reminder for myself. Mm. I tend to wait on because I am so goal oriented. I want that next thing. I, I, I think if I can just get to this next step, will that will that bring joy? Will that bring peace? Will that bring financial prosperity? Whatever it is, there's a lot right now that's really good. So we yeah. don't need to wait mm-hmm. on the next thing. We just need to celebrate. Yes, more. yes, Queen. I love that. <laughs> wow. Well, this has been like such an incredible episode. If I do say so myself. Um, if you have any questions for Parker, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at the sparked life mm-hmm. and you can always, always email me directly. My website is sparked.consulting and my email is pretty easy. Just Parker at sparked.consulting. My hope is to walk with women in this row. We're working on developing a, an infertility support group run awesome. out of Port City Church and potentially Glenn Mead OB has expressed interest in housing wow. as well. So if you are in this space and you're in Wilmington, I would love to meet you and know your story so that we can really start to build this community. We don't actually have a fertility clinic here and we have, it just closed. We have a lot of women who, who don't have a place they feel like they can turn to or know the best doctors to go to, et cetera. So we have those resources. We know those resources. 
and would love to share them. That's awesome. And Parker is also running the Wilmington division of Hatch Tribe. Yes. Which, can you just touch on like elevator speech on what that is? Sure. Hatch Tribe is an organization that uh, started in Charleston and I was part of it when I lived there. Really, really pivotal for personal and professional development. And it's designed to support female owned businesses and providing really hard skills training as well as you know, networking opportunities. So we cultivate community and create opportunities for women to grow and accelerate their businesses. Our next event, we think we're targeting uh, July, mm-hmm. might have something at the end of May. So if we can squeeze in before Memorial Day, stay in touch. But you can go to HatchTribe.com or HatchTribe on Instagram to learn more about that as well. Excited to have the Wilmington chapter open. Yeah. it yes. looked The first meeting looked incredible. It was a blast. That's awesome. All right. Well, we love you, Parker. And we um, can't wait to see whose lives are changed from your story. Mm. Yes. Thank you. You're the best. I'm going to have a great week. All right. We love you. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Bye.